The three of you go halfway around the world with a violin, a cello, and a banjo. With the violin and cello, you affirm common approaches and similar sounds, even when everything around you looks and sounds different. But your audiences have mostly never seen a banjo before. In this case, what you affirm is the common love of music. You realize that music never lets you down. You're listening to 2233, a podcast of exchange stories. We climbed to the top of a mountain where one of the holiest temples in Cambodia sits with a a group of university students who gave us some history and and some information about the, the temple at the top. But as we, when we got to the top, after us, a a monk was climbing the stairs. Uh, there was a, also another older gentleman who seemed to be sort of accompanying him. And the the older man got up first, and then was was waiting for the monk. And he said something to the monk, and the monk laughed. And one of the students translated that the old man had teased the monk for being too slow <laughs> to get up the stairs. And everyone laughed. It was a very, very universal and and joyful feeling that uh, humor is, like music, is something that sort of transcends your environment, sort of no matter how serious a place you may be in or or how, how holy the person or the place might be, you know, you can still, you can still tease a monk. (laughs) And it was a great moment. This week, the difference between a violin and a fiddle, the supergroup Mecha Rising, healing a country through the arts, and an exclusive Little Nook performance. Join us on a journey from the United States to Singapore and Cambodia in learning that anything can be something. It's 2233. We report what happens in the United States warts and all. These exchanges shaped who I am. When you get to know these people, they're not quite like you. You read about them. They are people very much like ourselves. And oh, that's what we call cultural exchange. Hi, my name is Maria Demeglio. I'm the cellist of Harpeth Rising, and I'm from Brooklyn originally, although now I call Columbus, Ohio home. Hi, uh, my name is Michelle Younger. I play banjo and uh, guitar for Harpeth Rising, and I'm originally from uh, Charlottesville, Virginia. My name is Jordana Greenberg, and I'm a violinist and songwriter for Harpeth Rising. I'm originally from Ontario, Canada, and now I live in Cincinnati, Ohio. We're a musical group, a band that's been touring and performing full-time for about eight years. International touring has always been a big part of our identity and and growth as musicians. One of the first things that we did actually as a band was go overseas. And so we found out about this program and were really excited to become a part of it. 
I know that for me personally, being from uh, from Canada and moving to the United States, even though that's not an enormous cultural shift, it was enough of one, especially as a kid, that I, I feel like I've been using music as my best form of communication for most of my life. So the, the idea of the cultural exchange and the way of, of using music to interact with and understand other cultures felt really exciting to us and like something that would be familiar and also provide us with the opportunity for some some new growth. We ended up being sent to Cambodia and Singapore and I, I don't think we could have imagined going any any place more wild and wonderful or different to us or different from each other in a lot of ways as well. I, I noticed that a lot of um, American music that had made its way over to both countries that we visited was top 40s pop music, which is honestly some, not something that I listen to a lot. Having the opportunity to play like our version of American music for people who have not heard anything like it was really fun, especially with playing the banjo. In Cambodia especially, and not a lot of people have heard of the banjo, much less seeing one before. I, I've never really been in a context where people don't know what a banjo is, but they were just as unfamiliar with the banjo as I was with their traditional instruments. I think one of the revelations for me of, uh, of the f very first few days of the trip was that I had uh, never particularly thought of our music as being Western, I think because we're influenced so uh, deeply by classical music. But one of the first things that we did in Cambodia was a, a workshop with these incredible young string students, 10 to 17. We, we give workshops sometimes in the U.S., and one of the things we like to do is talk about the different genres that influence our music. Classical side is one thing, and that was something that these kids were already intimately familiar with. They were studying classical music. And the other side of it is sort of the, the very wide world of, of folk music. You know, I grew up in, in this little town in southern Indiana that has a really rich old-time music culture. And so in addition to studying classical music, I was also learning old-time fiddle tunes. And so we, we like to ask kids, do you know the difference between a violin and a fiddle? The answer, by the way, is, is really that it's not a different instrument. It's, it's how you play it. We were going to play a something that sounded really classical and say, you know, doesn't doesn't that sound classical to you? Doesn't that sound like a violin? And then we were going to play something old time influenced and say, and that's an example of fiddle music. And our translator who spoke absolutely amazing English was confounded. She didn't, she hadn't heard the word fiddle. And I, I, in the moment, couldn't think of a way to describe what it could be. And it was this moment for me where I, was, I just thought, in this context here, in this country, we are so Western. In 
Cambodia, they speak Khmer, and that was a very different language. This was my personally first time to Asia, and I had never、um, experienced a language so different. We learned a few phrases in Khmer. For example, we were sound checking, and I sound checked, you know, sort of quote unquote in Khmer, but really all I said was "check、uh, moi, boy." You know, just was sort of speaking some numbers, and the musicians on stage started clapping. <laughs> They appreciated it so much, and just to get that kind of immediate feedback and that just sort of warmth, and it was overflowing. In that first workshop. I was immediately struck by the degree of trust that is engendered by playing music, and I think especially by playing original music. That when you're agreeing to open yourself up in that way to people, they they respond by opening themselves to you, and and that the language can make you have to think more creatively about how to do that, but it. Definitely doesn't stand in the way, and that there was a, a theme throughout the entire trip in both countries of feeling like we were in these incredibly foreign places, and that if we had just come as tourists to kind of look at things and not be a part of them, that we wouldn't be experiencing these connections and these, this trust. In that same first workshop in Cambodia, I sort of. Tentatively asked the students if they like to sing, and that's a question that in the United States, if you ask students, is often met with discomfort or eye rolls, even. But these kids,、uh, immediately, a group of them、uh, actually came up onto the stage. I asked them if they wanted to learn a chorus of our music, and so, and they were so. So enthusiastic to the idea, and I, I was trying to teach it to them, and they, you know, they're pronouncing words that probably don't mean anything to them, but they they were so willing to to try it and to do it, and so they're singing this song back to us, and I thought I wanna I wanna do that, I wanna be as brave as these kids are right now in being willing to to learn what what they have to teach us. I saw you pull the planets out of orbit. I saw you push a wave back to the sea. I watched you quench a fire with the sweat swept from your skin, and then I heard you sing a song of victory. It sounded like the voices of a hundred thousand birds who had never known the confines of a cave. It sounded like the heartbeat of a warrior at rest, sustained by both harmony and rage. It sounded like the weeping of a nation gone to war over something it was unprepared to fight. It was only then I realized there's no victory in song, but in the singing there is glory, there is might. We sat together silently, overlooking Eden, relying on the rhythm of the soil to sustain us for a while, to give our hearts a rest from the cadence of our sanctioned mortal coil. 
It sounded like the thundering of hoofbeats on the earth Running for the sake of joy and speed It sounded like the tolling of frogs on the bank A volley of oral symmetry It sounded like the whisper in absolute dark Of the leaves caressing summer's night From the stillness of the forest came the howling of the wolves Singing in their glory and their might They sang of distant galaxies expanding towards each other Till they collide, no, they combine into a perfect integer. Prime, indivisible, Euclidean and whole, encompassing all others, one consciousness, one soul. It would sound like the ticking of an atomic clock, synchronicity, polyphony, five, one. It would sound like a prayer in the darkness A Hail Mary, a goodbye, an end run It would sound like an explosion of red giants and black holes The harmonics of the northern light The whole sky above and tectonic plates below Would be vibrating in their glory And one of the the touching moments was seeing how people sort of handled my cello. We got to a school to do a workshop and the security guard, he he saw it and he he put it in a shopping cart and he insisted on strolling it. He he didn't want anyone to carry it. He's like, no, no, this, you know, and he didn't know necessarily what it was, but he knew that it was special and he was going to take very good care of it. A very memorable experience was working with a local percussion ensemble that was all female in Cambodia. And this was for our final performance. And their name is Medja. I believe their name means strong woman. Strong woman. And Meti. And they were, they were strong women. And their music was so fascinating because it was such a unique blend of traditional sounds with their own original creativity blended in and vocally they had such a wide range of sounds vocalizations trills melismas that you don't find in western music and i found that that combined with their percussion just it made my it gave me goosebumps and i had never experienced something like that feeling the percussion literally in your body as you're sitting there and it was a very special performance and workshop because we were at a school with a lot of deaf children and so we were all sitting on the floor together feeling the vibrations from these women playing percussion and you could feel you could feel it in your body and also just the impact of these women who look fierce and strong and they're you can tell that they're giving it like a thousand percent you know it was very inspiring very humbling to watch and after that performance we were we were talking to each other and they 
they didn't know English, and um, my my is limited to numbers, <laughs> and so I I showed them my cajon, and it's an instrument that I play a little unconventionally. I don't play it with my hands as many cajon players do. I play it with my foot and I have a reverse pedal and I heel strike it with my right foot. So it's a little unusual. And so um, I gestured to them and to the cajon and I sat down and, and I played some beats on it and I, and I showed it to them. And then I stood up and immediately one sat down, started playing it with her foot, and then another used her hands and played the cajon. And there were two other members that started clapping and singing. And so in like five seconds, we were jamming on a song. You know, it was, it was amazing. And I just, the, the in, intuition, which with, you know, I, I showed them the drum for maybe five seconds and then they just jumped in and created something that was that I had never actually thought, oh, you know, maybe two people could play the cajon. You know, I just sort of thought, you know, I play it with my foot and then I we play the cello and, and we have our instruments, we sing, we have foot percussion. But I think that one of the highlights of this trip was, you know, seeing what we do and then seeing it through the lens of these other musicians. And at the end of the night, they sort of pointed towards themselves and they said, Mechia rising. So they sort of combined our band with their band. In Cambodia, we worked with students with disabilities. I'm, I'm pretty sure that there's not a lot of support for persons with disabilities. This music and arts and dance program, it really struck me. And it was it's something that's going to stay with me for a while, that the fact that there are these, that there is this arts program and using art as um, communication and as healing and as fulfilling part of life. Again, um, not a lot of people in Cambodia know of the banjo, and there was this one boy there who was blind, and he wanted to feel it, and so I, I gave it to him, and he like so he strummed it, and he was tapping it, and he just he was loving it, and it really I just sort of got goosebumps, and it's a special moment. Some of the younger kids played us Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. It was such a a lovely moment for me because I'm I also teach kids about their age and I teach them the same music and I teach them the same variations. And I'm looking at these kids. They they were playing amazingly with beautiful sound and and their posture and their hand position. And I thought, I am connected to them and to their teacher from across the world. We are trying to do the same thing in different languages, in different places. You know, people always like to talk about how small the world is. And I don't usually feel that way. I usually feel like the world is enormous. But in that moment, I felt like it's just there are certain things that you can count on. And music is one of them. (laughs) 
Do we get another chance today? We nearly lost the city to the fires last year And to hatred the year before that But we rebuilt all the storefronts along the main drag And the earth will overcome given time And those who stay know what remains here is in fear devastation or a flag Stars belong to the nighttime sky and stripes to the dawning morn No matter the number or pattern of cloth I won't hold you to where you were born Unlock yourself patriots and look to the crying babe One thing that struck me was how shocked people 
were or impressed that we were playing original music. There's not a lot of original music in Cambodia. A large part of that is due to the fact that a lot of the artists and musicians were either exiled or killed during the Khmer Rouge. There are organizations like Cambodian Living Arts and others that are trying to bring back and preserve original Khmer music and culture and arts and dance. There's this mission of art and music to sort of heal the country uh, that is still in healing. And it made me want to explore Khmer traditional music, Khmer original music. Cambodia and Siem Reap at the temples, getting getting a tour with um, a woman who works with an organization to restore them. Also knowing that the American government is working on restoring one of the temples was very touching to know that um, that is something that is very valued, very important, and very special. And I think it it is kind of a sacred place when you're there and you're in that moment, you know, feeling that, you know, this is maybe not my culture, it's not my religion, but I feel that this is moving and that this is special and there's that there's that gratitude of being in that sacred place and just wanting to share that. And I think that the, the temples was definitely a moment um, in which we felt that we could just, if we could bottle it, <laughs> you know, and, and be able to share that. Also in Cambodia, we witnessed a tea ceremony, and we um, they explained to us the process of making tea, and they made us tea, and they 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 educated us about it. And one of the the things that sort of I hope that I can take home in my own life is that that care to the small things, and that anything anything can be something, and it's what you put into it, you know, and your heart and your soul. And it was very beautiful seeing that in these countries of how people, they take the smallest things, the the small things in life that maybe we overlook, and they magnify it. And and in doing that, it really elevates the overall experience of One of the challenges that uh, we were charged with on on this tour was to talk about women's rights and female empowerment, both in terms of uh, music and life. I was intimidated 
by the idea of, of representing our gender and specifically, I think, a little intimidated by the idea of, of doing it, you know, through the context of our music and and through my songs. I can be a little bit dodgy sometimes about talking about where my music comes from because I use the form and the art of songwriting itself as the tool for expression. So then explaining it beyond that has always felt difficult to me, and I do sort of avoid it. In the United States or in European countries that are English-speaking, I, I think a lot of the time the songs explain themselves. But in countries where English is not even a second language, I knew that I was going to have to be more honest with my audiences and that I was going to have to do it in a way that would explain the song through not only my own words, but then through the filter of translation. It forced me to clarify to myself some of some things that the songs were about and are about and, and some places that they came from. And it was this sort of courage that I I took again from from the musicians and the and the people who we interacted with and their their bravery in in what they were giving to us was something that I was drawing from when I was asked to talk about those things. I did feel in that moment like I wished my loved ones could be hearing what I was saying because I want them to to know it, but it took this sort of enormous journey and this completely foreign environment for me to be able to do that. I don't know if I'm going to be able or willing to recreate it. (laughs) Oh, what a long, long journey That you have flown to get to me you ever think of stopping as you passed on Galilee? Many must have called you to a shelter along the way when they said you'd never get there. To them, what did you say? Did you tell them of your mother Who herself did travel far And with you upon her back Keeping pace with shooting stars Did you tell them of your father Who taught you how to Your map, the sandy shore Or were you deep within a daydream Of resting here with me Could you feel my deepest longing A thousand miles out at sea you by morn I 
rejoice at clearing skies And I weep through every storm When your odyssey is finished And you drink of reddest wine Do you remember what it felt like In your body and your mind does it slip away from memory, staying far from our delight? So when the time comes for returning, you may once again take is produced by The Collaboratory, an initiative within the U.S. State Department's Bureau of Educational and Cultural Affairs, better known as ECA. My name's Christopher Wurst. I'm the director of The Collaboratory. 2233 is named for Title 22, Chapter 33 of the U.S. Code, the statute that created ECA. And our stories come from participants of U.S. government-funded international exchange programs. This week, we heard from Jordana Greenberg, Maria DiMeglio, and Michelle Younger, collectively the amazing folk trio Harpeth Rising, who shared stories and songs from their recent trip to Cambodia and Singapore as musical envoys participating in the American Music Abroad Program, or AMA. For more about AMA and other ECA exchange programs, check out eca.state.gov. We encourage you to subscribe to 2233. You can do so wherever you find your podcasts. And we'd love to hear from you. You can write to us at ecacollaboratory at state.gov. That's E-C-A-C-O-L-L-A-B-O-R-A-T-O-R-Y at state.gov. Photos of each week's participants and complete episode transcripts can be found at our webpage at eca.state.gov slash 2233. Very special thanks to Jordana, Maria, and Michelle for taking time to tell us their stories and play us their songs. You can find out more about the band at harpethrising.com. I did the interview and edited this segment. All of the music you heard was Harpeth Rising, including portions of The Highwayman, Eris, and Fortune. The version of In the Singing you heard starts and ends in our little nook, and in between is the version heard on Harpeth Rising's most recent album, Against All Tides, where you will also find the song Drink of Reddest Wine, featured in its entirety. Finally, the song Early Riser was performed live in our little nook, and yes, it gave me goosebumps. Music at the top of each episode is Sebastian by How the Night Came, and end credit music is Two Pianos by Tagir Lius. Until next time. 